0: Welcome to Found in Translation, a weekly-ish exploration of one fellow's translation of the Christian Scriptures, one or two chapters at a time. I'm Brandon Rhodes, and across the internet for me is the translator himself, Brandon Johnson. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. What you, what you got in your glass today or
1: tonight? I, I've got a Manhattan.
0: Back to the a, classics.
1: Yep. Yeah, got a couple of cherries that I branded myself in there.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. How about you? You know, I still have half and half to work through. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so I'm having <laughs> another white Russian.
1: There you go. Cheers.
0: Cheers. Yeah. We're talking this week about Matthew chapter 19. Just one chapter this time. We're going to spend some time in uh, verses 3 through 10 on divorce we're going to spend some time uh in verses 11 and 12 looking at eunuchs uh verse 16 and introduces a theme that has a few other little additional layers around age-long life in this translation Uh, verse 21 there's some stuff about being fully mature Uh, that's a new way to translate what's often i think perfect uh, and then we're gonna end on the question in verse 28 around the word reset it's kind of a how would you describe that word
1: um i don't know it should be just spoilers uh but it's it's <laughs> i was trying yeah, to bait reg- everybody <laughs> yeah regeneration i guess is gonna what what it's the concept there i don't remember off the top of my head if that's the word that it gets used a lot rebirth regeneration yeah Um, yeah. born being born again maybe
0: okay Uh, yeah yeah. so we're gonna end on that so if you haven't had a chance to read Brandon's translation now you've got a sense of what we're gonna be touching on divorce eunuchs age-long life being fully mature and the word reset so be sure to give it a read and check out the footnotes particularly for all of those words and go ahead and give it a read we'll be here well welcome back everybody let's get started in verse three so there's this whole stretch about you know we've got the uh the pharisees this sect of um the jewish people who for whom for them the way of ensuring faithfulness and not getting the crap kicked out of them by pagans anymore and maybe getting the divine to um fulfill the divine's promises and kind of like turn the page in history a lot was being like their very particular and severe faithful mode of faithfulness interpretation around, um, the Torah. And so they are the people who love to debate. And so they are the people of the book, right? And they are coming to Jesus and they've got some questions and they're going to start having more and more of these trying to set them up in some gotchas, uh, So they, they come to test him and the following exchange happens. Would you read a, would you read a few of these verses for us? Sure.
1: Um, I'm going to start at the beginning of the chapter. It sets up kind of the context here. When, when Jesus finished imparting these truths, he left Galilee and went to the region of Judea, East of the Jordan river, large crowds followed him and he healed them there. Now we're at chapter at verse three. Now, Pharisees came to test him and asked, "Is it allowable for a man to send his wife away for whatever reason he wants?" That's not uh, setting up for a baiting situation, there, is it? <laughs> uh, and then, the, so Jesus responds in verse four. So he answered, "Haven't you read that the Creator made them male and female from the beginning and said?" That is why a person will leave his father and mother and unite with his wife and the two become one family. So they are no longer two, but rather one family. Therefore may no one divide what God has bound together.
0: Yeah. There's, there's quite a few subtle and not so subtle shifts that emerge in your translation here.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. If you're at all familiar with any of this language, Mm -hmm. things probably caught your attention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those places where, you know, the, the question of divorce is right. very, very heated. Uh, it comes to these verses in, in Matthew and then in, um, uh, the parallel stories and other gospels. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're observing two things here. Like one is, just understanding the context of what mar- of what marriage and divorce and separation meant in that day, mm-hmm. and then second, using some linguistic differences to sort of help surface those. Like you're putting a good chunk yeah. of the like heavy lifting in the footnotes, but uh, you do have it also in the text. Can you walk folks through what's going on here?
1: Yeah. So that that question, is it allowable for a man to send his wife away for whatever reason he wants? Um, There's cultural context for that question. It's not just a question they pulled out of nothing. Uh, There were two major schools of thought, even within the Pharisee tradition at, at, at the time. So One of the traditions would say that if your wife is not fulfilling her marriage responsibilities to her husband and that could include something as small as burning dinner last night um well to say that that is grounds for divorce because she's being unfaithful oh my um the other tradition was more progressive and i say that with sarcasm up to my ears um and saying that there's like a list of four specific things that would be allowable for divorce and the reason that that feels gross to me is because is the the entire context is the woman gets no say yeah period ever it's a man decides i don't want her anymore i get to send her away And in this cultural context, that means she has no legitimate way to provide for her daily life anymore. No way to provide for her basic needs of food and shelter and clothing. And because she's not allowed to hold a job. So she has to be taken care of provided for by a man, like by the rules. I don't know if it's like officially legal or not, but like, no one's gonna there is employment doesn't isn't a thing for women in this culture so Mm -hmm. she is at the mercy of her husband being happy with her um so Mm -hmm. is it allowable for a man to send his wife away for whatever he wants meaning to condemn her to poverty or prostitution sex work against her will hmm and then jesus uh (laughs) doesn't give a straight answer Mm-hmm. right he's like no i'm not gonna align with your two pre-established options here that are both terrible so yeah and we, we talked about a lot of this stuff when we we're looking at chapter five because um, that comes in there talking about divorce and um, infidelity and there jesus is talking about if you're unfaithful if you desire another person like to own them in your mind, it's, it's like treating like having an infidelity with your wife then and, and, and is giving divorce, a certificate of divorce. Is that, yeah, mm-hmm. so there's stuff that gets touched on there. So he's coming back to it here in a different context. Um, and so let me, let me look at the footnote C here for, for those of you that aren't able to read it for yourself because um, you're driving or whatever it is. And C footnote C is in verse three and I have it at the very end here. So it's at the end of the question, is it allowable for a man to send his wife away for whatever reason he wants? Uh, So I put more literally, this question is, is it allowable to send his wife away for every reason? Uh, Which doesn't quite make sense in English. It's not how we would say it ever. Um, but the more natural wording that is closer to what it's literally saying is, is allowable for a man to send his wife away for any reason. Um, But that could be easily confused and often is with asking if sending one's wife away is allowable at all. And that's where most people stop. Like, is it okay to get divorced or not? End of period. Doesn't matter context. Doesn't matter reason. Like, if you're divorcing, are you a bad person?
0: It's a modern question. Mm-hmm. Uh, after you know a millennia and a half of the church variously figuring out what the proper off ramps are for
1: uh, a marriage, uh, right?
0: But it's not. It's not a very good gotcha question for
1: the Pharisees. Like, can you get a divorce? <laughs> no booyah
0: atheist uh because
1: they all agreed that yes you can yeah yeah Uh, it's just what are the reasons that are legitimate
0: yeah so the most patriarchal reason is or answer is anything
1: right anything at all anything at all because i just like don't really feel like looking at her today like (laughs) okay yeah um just kind of working through some more of the information I have on the footnote here. So it's, it's, it's bigger than, than that. Just like, can someone be divorced without sinning?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. That's That's not the question here. Um, but the f- implication here is the Pharisees are asking whether, whatever reason someone can come up with, whatever particular reason is sufficient or, is it more limited, period? Like, is there only a smaller list, you know? So, and and it's important to note that the word, which is where the translation element of all this comes in, sending away a wife is really the better way to translate this, not just divorcing, because the power is only in in the husband's hands. The wives had no say in this whatsoever, regardless of what happened. The, the husband could be sleeping with a hundred other people
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the woman would just have to take it. The husband could be beating her daily and the woman would just have to stay in the marriage because she has, she has no legal or cultural or any other form of choice here. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: um, women's economic disempowerments Mm-hmm. And that day was, like, even if there were, they did have legal agency to uh, terminate the bond and right. move well, on. W- they how would she still... have a life after that?
1: She couldn't. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which, like, let the listener understand is part of why it is so important to be um, upholding all varieties of. Uh, women's rights bodily rights and economic empowerment Mm -hmm. is the the which is in some subtle ways it's it's taken me like it's like oh yeah i got on board with all that sort of stuff a while ago at at like a very policy level but i hadn't really considered the way in which you know some of these shifts really do involve things like I mean, that economic empowerment piece is huge. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to just have legal agency. That's a huge leap forward in human consciousness. But it to also be making sure that the stories we tell about what kind of people can do what kind of work is part mm-hmm. of the prison that we that has been used for a long time to keep yeah. like 51% of the population under the other 49.
1: Right. And I've seen things online of like conservative Christians asking, saying things like, it seems like women are being told that they don't need men anymore. It's like, good. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, are you saying that the only reason a woman would want to be with you is because they have to? That's pretty sad, man. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah you you in fact they do have people do have choices now women do have ability to provide for themselves and don't have to suffer in order to like survive uh-huh. with a man so yes you have to step up your game for the first time in western history you do in fact have to be someone who gives up some of your own rights who listens to your partner who doesn't just get to decide everything who doesn't get to be a jerk like yeah there are they get to have standards of like being with a decent person who treats them like a person because they don't need you to survive anymore that and that's how it should be yeah yeah and that wasn't the case here So Jesus is speaking to men here and saying, don't just throw your wives away to be homeless and have nothing and no, no options anymore because they're your family. And that that starts getting us into the next couple of points that we want to hit on here. Um, Uh But this, and like I mentioned in chapter five, when we were talking about this stuff, the word divorce isn't, there isn't a sep- specific separate word for divorce. It's the same word that we use for forgive. Um, because in both cases, the, what the word actually means is creating separation, letting mm-hmm. go, sending away, that kind of creating distance. And so that's, that's really the best way to translate this here is send away.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is different from
1: the actual legal, right? Yeah, because you could send someone away and not officially divorce them, which leaves them in an even worse place. Because then there's no chance of them getting married to someone else who could then provide for them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is comes back to more of the chapter five stuff. Is like if if you're gonna send people away, at least give them a certificate of divorce.
0: Yeah, which. Um, Which I know you were about to tee up uh, the end of verse five, but that does bring us to verse eight. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in seven, why then, they challenged, did Moses command to give a document of separation and to send her away?
1: Yeah. Jesus
0: told them, Moses permitted you to send your wives away based on your hard hearts, but it wasn't that way in the beginning. So I'm telling you, whoever sends his wife away without just cause, i.e., but doesn't do the full divorce thing and marries another Mm -hmm. woman is having an affair.
1: Yeah. Because they're still married.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like legally, like there's this, um, this mythology that developed. uh, Do I mean that? That's a strong word. I think I mean that there's a mythology (laughs) that developed that said, no, there's no circumstance. Like, You have become one person Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: forevermore, if someone is divorced, you are when two people enter a divorced state, they are still only under divine command or intention, only able to be sexually intimate with that other person. And therefore, if you get divorced and then are sexually intimate with anyone else, then you're having an affair with that person because you're still, you know, legally or uh, in some some mystical sense, some some magical sense. Yeah, I don't mean those right. pejoratively. Bonded to that person, which so there's like the part one is in this verse, like or the con the context is nah, we're talking about <laughs> like
1: mm-hmm.
0: like the, There's a difference between legal uh, divorce and separation. And then the other punch, which gets at that mythology around, um, I guess, I don't know if I'm settled with that. That's a very pejorative term, but unwarranted speculation <laughs> How about that mm. in verse like- five, which is traditionally they become um, and they become one flesh. Right. Like you've, you've ontologically fused with this person. You are now one person.
1: Yeah, which kind of takes it opposite of how I'm reading this as I'm going through it is like saying, if you're going to send someone away, at least be sure that you're doing that for an actually just reason and not just because you don't feel like being with her anymore. Yeah. Um, but if you do, for whatever reason, at least make it legal, make it official so that she has the potential of ways to provide for herself. Hmm. um but in the way that you're describing in this more traditional sense it's, it's the other it, kind of the opposite it's like there's this magical union that like creates this energy bond that it, it, magic is really the best word for it. it reminds me of books like name of the wind where they like sympathy like where yeah, yeah kind yeah. of a, a quantum connection mm-hmm. um
0: the, your your so, personhood is intermingled in this way. Even yeah. if there's all kinds of reasons beyond that to think of us as having intermingled personhood, but in this case, it's pretty effing intermingled.
1: Yeah. So even if there is a legal separation, a legal divorce, it doesn't matter. You're still your bodies are entwined forevermore. Yeah. Um, and Jesus is kind of saying the opposite of that. Is like, no, if you're going to separate, at least make it legal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, like do, do our do our courtesy, yeah. brothers. Yeah. And, but you you don't you you that that interpretation hinges pretty strongly on this and its parent this story and its parallels because it says and they become one flesh but you do mm-hmm. not believe that that is the only way to translate this
1: yeah What'd this you is this is one of those times where flesh is technically the most literal word there to translate "sarks" is the greek is Mm -hmm. the greek it's also i mean it's not completely archaic like we you you hear it every once in a while current in current english uses outside of bible stuff but it's not used very much yeah Uh, so it's a little bit outdated but essentially it's the stuff bodies are made of but it's being used here as an image of something of larger. It's it's a metaphor. And sometimes I really like staying with the metaphor. Like in other discussions we've talked about intentionally choosing the metaphor word, instead of trying to like use another way that like explains the meaning or something. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But here, because the metaphor has been so abused, I think we got it. We gotta use something else,
0: and it's not to say that there isn't like that whole idea of like becoming one. Like uh, listeners, I hope you've all had sex good enough to feel that sense of oneness. Mm -hmm. Like it's a real and sublime union thing, absolutely. But to suddenly take a poetic overture to this profound experience that not every marriage has frankly Mm -hmm. and to to turn it into some sort of like another tool for patriarchy holy shit balls
1: yeah becomes starts as something beautiful and ends up as something oppressive
0: horrific yeah
1: yeah so I'll, i'll look at my footnote E that talks more about that and like what I think it's really doing instead here. Uh-huh. Um, so in chapter in verse five it talks about the two become one. And I put the word family instead of flesh footnote E is so that this is a citation. This whole sentence of the, the two become one flesh. One family is from Genesis two twenty four, and in trying to figure out how to translate this, I was looking at you know, Genesis 2.24, looking at different resources like the um, Theological Dictionary of the New Testament and the um, Strong's Concordance, Mounce's uh, uh. Dictionary, Bill Mounts uh. is pretty well known in the translation world for Greek. And there are several options of what this word "sarks" means some of it being flesh the stuff of that bodies are made of sometimes it can be used for just the the body as in its entirety yeah um another meaning that they are seeing here too and not just me um is they list as kindred or lineage this like family connection and i think this is it's coming from this like older English stuff that where we get the phrases like flesh and blood to refer to my family. Yeah. Um, And that really is what it's talking about here is this isn't your servant. This isn't your employee. This isn't just someone you get to use to meet your, the needs or the goals that you have. And if sexual gratification, Yeah. yeah, this isn't a transaction that if they don't like, meet their end of the deal. You get to stop meeting your end of the deal. Uh Um, Uh And you, of course, you have unilateral control over whether the deal is being met or not and make that decision. This is your family and you treat them like family. And that means putting their needs before your own seeking their good kind of no matter what. And that's not to be like, let them be harming you yeah that's no that's you, you hold healthy boundaries but you're one family together and that's the starting point point. and that's what this is talking about here is weird as like the tradition of the bible has to be translated literally is like there's this weird like tradition of trans, like selectively translating certain things as like magical, and yeah, this like sense of we've had sex, so we're like literally the only one being now. Like,
0: yeah, purity culture had all it's that weird. Horse shit. It's, it's really weird. weird. It's nuts. It's nuts, and it's horrible.
1: <laughs> yeah this isn't about sex. This is about marriage. This is about joining a family. Yeah. And like you don't
0: need to make a whole thing of this. It's, it's a figure of speech, bro. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, and yeah, this is your family. So treat them like it.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I feel like this is not a stretch to no. get here.
0: No, no, you don't have to. And you don't even really have to throw away Hardly any traditional or historic sexual ethic, Christian ethics. Are...
1: Mm-hmm. It's just not really even talking about sex here.
0: This isn't a particularly uh, consequential insight, but I I appreciated it and would like, to, would like to surface it. And that is at the end of that. So, you know, he told him, hey, Moses permitted you to send your wives away based on your hard hearts but it wasn't that way in the beginning so i'm telling you whoever sends his wife away without just cause and marries another woman is having an affair therefore if you kick her out do her solid and divorce her Mm -hmm. and they and the disciples respond the students told him if that's the basis for how someone's going to act towards his wife there's no point in marrying her Mm -hmm. i love (laughs) the the way that you you make a bit of a shift in the wording but the footnote really helps clarify that this is not one of those moments where the disciples are being like dumb dumbs.
1: Yeah. Like we were talking about last week, uh, where there's this assumption that the the disciples are just idiots and constantly missing the point. Um, And there's
0: plenty of examples of that, but it's not, there are
1: some examples of them not quite getting it like, like in 17. Um, this is not that I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I think it really is. They they really get it. Actually. It's like, man, these men who are trying to oppress these women and like selfishly just use them up and chew them and up and spit them out. Like, why would, why did you even marry in the first place? Like that's ridiculous. I think yeah. the disciples are on, on the right track here.
0: They're beginning to learn. They've been following the Lord yeah. through his adventures and Oh mm-hmm. shit. I just connected a dot.
1: Yeah 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 so i think that's that 17 story where jesus really challenges them like why aren't you getting it i'm feeling impatient like I'm, i mean i kind of need you to get it here I, I think they start to get it more because they're attuning more into it here and i think this is like one of the first signs of that
0: that makes me wonder if like that's also around the same time where he's beginning to tip his hand and be like y'all this is gonna end in a way you're not ready for uh-huh. um that might have made them sort of like sit up in their chairs and get their best pen out and be like, hang on, I got to take better notes here. I don't think I've been paying attention if that's where this shit's going. Uh, (laughs) So they may suddenly start learning it. Like I got to like actually kick the tires on this thing. Yep. Yeah. So the next passage is that I wanted to explore is uh, the stuff about Unix. Could you read uh, 11 and 12 for listeners?
1: Yeah. It says he responded not everyone is open to this idea, but it's been given for those who are. There are some eunuchs who are that way from their mother's belly and others who were made eunuchs by people and some who made themselves eunuchs for the divine reign. Whoever can be open to this, be open to it.
0: You didn't change very much in here. hmm. But I feel like it's important to at least take a moment to pause on this and explain what's going on with these three. There's three different kinds of eunuchs. The word eunuch, you look it up in the dictionary, and it's going to mostly just be about the middle category. People, eunuchs who are made this way by other people, which is to say mm-hmm. kings and those sorts of characters at the top of the pyramid Uh, are insecure about controlling sexual access to their uh, harem Mm -hmm. and therefore castrate in some partial or full manner male servants to know that um, the only male mojo they're going to get is going to be from him
1: right so they have people who have been castrated serving the women knowing Mm -hmm. that they've
0: like wow. no one's going to go after Ivanka because they've yeah. all had their balls cut off. yeah. Right. Hypothetically.
1: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Or there's historical precedent for people castrating boys so that they can stay sopranos in the choir as, growing into adulthood. So purely because I want to hear a choir with high voices in it. But I'm not like, women. I, but but not women because they're not worth my time, apparently. Um,
0: not for that anyway.
1: Yeah. Right. Not for skill and yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not for creating beauty for public sharing. Yeah. For, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of,
0: it's so easy to become immediately pissed off about this.
1: Yeah, shit. There's so many elements of this that are problematic. It's, 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 it's people who have convinced others by whatever means, whether it's violence or not, yeah. uh, to let them treat people as objects to dehumanize other people, um, to use them for whatever they, their whim is at the moment, whether it's a woman for sex or a boy for a choir, like, they get to do whatever the heck they want because they can.
0: So there's a couple other categories here. The latter one, some made themselves eunuchs, that's either uh, idiomatic for folks who took the severe step of self-castration out of devotion to God, or at least took vows mm-hmm. of celibacy, which, Great. you know, the Roman, the Roman church has historically recognized as the, the pattern of the religious caste
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, taking vows of celibacy for um, parish ministry or um, vows in a religious order. But that first one. Yeah. And, there and some, it
1: seems unlikely here that it's talking about literally castrating themselves for the, divine reign since at this point that would have disqualified them for temple worship
0: yeah great point great point yeah there's yeah. space in deuteronomy and other uh stretches in the torah where it's pretty transparent like hey anybody who's had like their nuts complicated in cement in any variety of ways um sorry you can't you can't be part of the assembly and one category that's the, the first in this list, you, like Unix isn't just people who have been castrated. It's also people who are intersex. Right. People, people whose uh, chromosome level development involved atypical genitalia.
1: I mean, there's lots of etiologies for that, lots of causes biologically. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, for those of you who don't know, intersex is someone who has physical characteristics of both male and female uh, sex organs in some way. And sometimes that can be caused by like otherwise developed as a man, but it turns out, ooh, I have XX chromosomes and didn't know it um, or vice versa.
0: Or XXY or XYY y, or XXYY. Right. Y. There's all kinds. It's like, yeah. There's quite a few different ways that this can unfold. Yeah.
1: Yeah, People think that, yeah, a a woman has XX, a man has XY, and that is true in the majority of cases, but there's a lot of variation there that people don't realize exists. Yeah. There's Uh, about
0: one to 2% of people who have atypical combinations of those genetics. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or, or even if they don't, even if it is just XX or XY that for whatever reason, their bodies developed a little differently. So a lot of times, Mm -hmm. one of the things that can happen is that women, instead of having ovaries will actually have testicles that didn't never dropped that stayed internal, but it's formed as a testicle. And then they can't have kids because of that, but everything else about their body seems female.
0: Yeah. If I, if I'm remembering this correctly, the same fetal tissue that in a typical male becomes Mm -hmm. testes and a typical female becomes ovaries, the same, the same tissue that in a typical male becomes the tip of his penis in a typical female becomes the clitoris. Like there's like a very, (laughs) there's a certain stretch of androgyny in, um, prenates that then at some point accelerates into much more conspicuous expression.
1: Yeah, and, and a lot of that doesn't actually have directly to do with the chromosome combination uh, mm-hmm. of the, of the child. Yeah. Um, it's actually how the mother's body responds to the child. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. XX the mother's body should sense that and respond by pumping it with lots of ex- estrogen, but it doesn't always.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And same if there's an XY, the mother's body typically would respond by, providing it with more testosterone, but it doesn't always. And it's the being flooded with estrogen or testosterone that actually determines the physical characteristics that develop.
0: That's fascinating.
1: So it's actually the mother's body's response to the genetics that determines it, not the genetics itself.
0: So I, I feel like it's responsible for us to be acknowledging this sort of stuff here because we're in a moment of, slowly increasing awareness of um sexual diversity bodily Mm -hmm. and 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 recognizing that you know this is nothing new this is not suddenly some liberal new novelty that uh you know some of us eccentrics are like pushing Mm -hmm. to like f with the historic binaries like the the ancients had language for this that they were not anxious Mm -hmm. about they were like oh yeah yeah, like one percent of people have like atypical stuff down there
1: yeah or it's, like it's different language so that's yeah. that's what's new yeah it, yeah is that the language that we use to talk about it
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the concepts are not new
0: no and and you yeah. you decided yeah these, i just want to point out too yeah. like
1: you, you refer, have reference the one to two percent statistic like for reference that's about as many people in the American population as have red hair. That's a, that's a lot of people. <laughs>
0: yeah, you've got that in the footnote, and it is a brilliant... Yeah. yeah, like, every for every Ron Weasley you've seen...
1: Yeah, and this has nothing to do yeah. with choice of personal expression. This is literally just people who have mm-hmm. mixed physical characteristics separate from uh, cognitive or emotional expression.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you chose here to just be in keeping with the with the first century and say yeah we've got one word for all of this stuff it's eunuch you you didn't Mm -hmm. say there are some intersex people who are
1: yeah if you're born this way the the current terminology for that would be intersex yeah but in here in this verse it's describing it as eunuchs who were that way from their mother's belly
0: yeah like it there I, i would feel a temptation if i were in your shoes to um to say there are some, in, some eunuchs who are born intersex and others who were, oh, I mean, sexually tortured.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, sexually abused probably doesn't even co- quite no. cover it. it. I mean, that's bad enough, uh, but it, this is torture. This is disfiguring.
0: Yeah, we're sexually disfigured.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And some have taken holy vows.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, which are all really, really different situations.
0: Oh my God. No kidding. Like, it makes me wonder why is Jesus, (laughs) I mean, like why is that his response here? Like if that's the basis for how some of these people are going to act towards the the wife, there's no point in marrying her. And he's like, look, let me, let me, let me take a little sidestep here about three radically Mm -hmm. different sexual realities that people have. Mm-hmm. What's your take? Why do you think this is the next progression here?
1: It feels a little bit like a non sequitur, honestly. It sure so Like, does. like it's like, what? Wait, what's the connection? Like, I'm, I'm kind of on board with you, I think. But what?
0: <laughs> yeah. How does that mean? Like, I feel really grounded in eleven and twelve. Like that just seems obvious. These are the three categories right. of Unix. But it makes but me wonder, what are we missing about
1: ten? Right, but if you just take eleven and twelve by themselves, he's not really saying anything. He's just like these three people exist. We're like, okay, and yeah, yeah, and what? And what else? What about that? Um, so, but he's connecting it with the the marriage and divorce stuff, mm-hmm. and and specifically responding to the "there's no point in marrying" your phrase. So maybe he's saying something like, "You're right." If you're going to be the one of the people who treats his wife this way, maybe you should self-select to be a eunuch.
0: Yeah, like if you can't not be a dick, maybe you should lose it,
1: Hmm. which yeah. would be
0: a fierce.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> like not that, that is, far. That is... That's not far off from what Paul says. Oh, no, no, yeah. Point. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you
0: know what? You know what? Just cut your dick off. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it is not unprecedented in scripture for someone to say, maybe you should castrate yourself.
0: I'm going to live and die by this this interpretation now. (laughs) Jesus, it's like, yeah, I know. Patriarchy can be rough. You know what they should do? They should enter Mm -hmm. into the suffering of the sexually assaulted. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah. And, I and, mean, it fits with uh, Sermon on the Mount. Like, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. If your right oh eye causes you to sin, God. cut it off and throw it away. Shit. Do we
0: just end the episode after 12 the- <laughs> verses? No, we got to keep going. Um, okay. That's really good. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I am super satisfied with that uh (laughs) (laughs) we found something in the translation so the next thing i want to hit on here is verse 16 there's this character who comes up and uh asks him a question could you give us a reading of this yeah it's
1: one verse (laughs) yeah it's so 16 abruptly someone came up to him and asked teacher what good should I do to cling to age long life?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Usually that's eternal life. Really. Almost every translation sticks with eternal,
1: eternal uh, or everlasting or everlasting. Yeah. If you Mm -hmm. want
0: to be a a bit less Greek, a bit more Hebraic, you go with everlasting Mm -hmm. a bit more of an open theist than a classical. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you chose age-long life. I, I have the privilege of having seen previous iterations of this translation, and that yep. wasn't even yeah, it. I had
1: more than one draft. Yep. Yeah. 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 The previous for ver- the what I w- what I went with at first was uh, a life that lasts. Yeah, I guess we should uh, look, touch on the footnote here, footnote T, because
0: um, we're not reading that whole thing on the air.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to read the <laughs> whole thing. <laughs> Uh, but let me like touch it uh, on pieces of it because it's, yeah. it's important. So the, yep. the, 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 eight, the, life that lasts and the age long life, both of them, I think it's a reference to Deuteronomy, which feels like it gets confirmed through the rest of the conversation between this person and Jesus here. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a number of ways, like, like we talked about, there's a number of ways, the everlasting, eternal life, um, life of the age to come at first i uh yes life of the age to come um but that's more interpretive unless what the greek is literally saying here sure um at one point i was toying with the idea of indefinite hmm. like not like there's no sense of that this is going to end or when this is going to end it's just kind of stretching on Can you explain what
0: the greek is actually what is the greek there
1: yeah, the Greek word is "ionion," and it's the adjective, the descriptor version of essentially where we get eon, like an age in mm-hmm. history.
0: Um, A-E-O-N is the typical uh, English spelling. Right. Of it, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so a really long time. And, and I think it's a reference to Deuteronomy 30, which is crucial to hebraic thought like
0: so deuteronomy yeah. the end of deuteronomy deuteronomy is the four is the fifth book in the torah mm-hmm. it's this kind of capstone summary of here's where we've been and here's where we're going and here's how to not f it up
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's some of that yeah or and, 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 how to make it good yeah yeah
0: and if yeah and if you're being groovy here's how to keep it groovy
1: yeah so honestly, I don't think this has anything to do with what happens after you die.
0: Can you tell us why you think it has to do with like I'm we should be yeah. a, we should default to not jumping to the conclusion of what happens after you die? Why do you think it has to do with deuteronomy? Because
1: mm-hmm. the word really just means lasting a really long time.
0: <laughs> like, how can I live a long time?
1: And kind of, but when you put it in the context Have of you essential oils. Right, right, right. Um, So Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 5, and particularly in verse 2, it talks about how to prolong your days. Deuteronomy 30, 1 through 20, especially 15 through 20, includes what Moses is speaking to the people that he wants them to love the Lord your God, to heed his voice, to cling to him, for he is your life and your length of days. To dwell on the soil which the lord your God swore to your fathers to abraham to isaac and to jacob to give to them um that's from robert alter's translation of the hebrew bible
0: mm-hmm.
1: so looking at cling to in that translation and of, of verse 20 in in deuteronomy 30 cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days to hold the soul I think that's pointing to participating in the long and prosperous life that's promised to people, to the people as a whole, not to like this individual or that individual or the individual, but Israel, when the entire group is doing the God way of being the Yahweh way of life together, that includes Jubilee, that includes treating each other well that is loving one another essentially then that's going to overflow into more and more life and i think jesus answer fits that interpretation of how to filter this here um whether or not going to heaven when you die is something or not like i'm not saying it's not i don't think that's what i talking about here
0: it's a weird question for a first century jew to ask
1: yeah Like we're,
0: we're talking about Rome being real dicks to us right now. Uh, what?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This particular conversation is between someone who's in the region East of the Jordan, which is, I think important, Mm -hmm. um, and Jesus. And essentially it seems to be that he's asking, how do I get God to make me more prosperous? How do I get God to include me in the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 that Jesus is seeming to reference in, in Matthew five, in his Mm -hmm. beatitudes, his blessings. And he's missing the point. He's missing the point of everything. And Jesus makes sure he knows he's missing the point. Yeah. The way to do that is some Jubilee brother. Mm -hmm. That's his answer. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So what are you doing? Like, okay, I'm, I'm, following the 10 commandments i'm not murdering i'm not having an affair what about the part of
0: leviticus where you reset all of your ownership right
1: yeah regularly where where all the wealth that's been accumulated in pockets gets redistributed so that everybody has what they need Mm -hmm. yeah and sources
0: of provision the source of divine provision is made through land access
1: right yeah not just money not just stuff but the sources of continuing yes. resources. Like it's it's and the income. divine spigot. Yeah.
0: Like no more, no, it's not going to be the 1% holding the spigots of divine love and provision. Yep. No more of that shit. We're going to make sure everybody gets a spigot. We'll <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. get to, a quick, a, a short line for it.
1: Yeah. There's really, I think this is one of the focal points that feels like it starts making it really clear, but it's, there, it happens over and over and over. Like there's this kind of this filter of Jesus saying, like, the, if you're living under the scarcity model where you have to hoard power and resources, keep it away from others to make sure that you have what you feel like you need, you're doing it wrong. If you're living under the assumption that there's enough for everybody, and you're sharing and you're making sure that your neighbor has what they need. And your neighbor is making sure that you have what you need. Everything, brings, everything's going to be okay. And that's the way that God has taught us. Let's do that. Yes.
0: So he's he's asking, how do I get some before I die? Good energy, and then how do I secure my memory beyond my death? Because mm-hmm. Jewish Jewish speculation was really admirably intellectually restrained about what happens after we die so i I think at just if you assume that level of restraint it makes good sense to then route this through deuteronomy and or, or just broadly like let's see what other ways of understanding this question this person is asking what can we do with this and this Deuteronomy angle is a, a pretty potent one that I think, um, you know, I, I kind of came into this translation, not satisfied with yours. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'll explain my, my other preference here in a moment. Yeah. But Previous what,
1: conversations we've had like you had a particular reason and like kind of
0: like with son of man, right. know, yeah. For
1: feeling excited about other ways like the life of the age to come that like felt meaningful to you in in very particular ways yeah
0: yeah it clicks into a broader narrative um Mm -hmm. but i want to say commendably about this translation and maybe it's also helping with it with subsequent translation decisions you made in this story it does click really nicely (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) it really does uh broadly It makes sense. This is a a question a Jew in that century would ask. Uh, How am I going to be remembered? What's a legacy? Who lives, who dies, who tells your story? (laughs) It's been a few episodes since I've had a Hamilton reference. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) The alternative, uh, I guess, narrative structure here is broadly we're in the present evil age. And there's this big age to come. Mm-hmm. And so all the far side of all the good, good energy that uh, the divine is going to bring to the cosmos happens, or at least us within the cosmos happens in the age of age to come. And they were in a era in the first century where they had counted backwards from when they believed Daniel took place. And there's this promise in Daniel of about 490 years and um, the bad shit will go away and the good shit will come. Mm hmm. I'm bringing pretty close to the Hebrew there, I'm pretty sure. Sure,
1: yeah, of course. Mm-hmm.
0: So it makes good sense. Like, we have our dispensation charts out. We know that the Messiah is coming. We know that Rome is about to go down. How do I be on the right side of history? Would be a very anachronistic, but reasonable, uh, reasonably anachronistic paraphrase of his question. How do I be on the right side of history? and he's saying so like eternal life could actually be although
1: that feels like a little bit more of an altruistic question than what he has in mind
0: um yeah perhaps i don't i mean if you look at the like where the lord's response goes yes but i think that just that question like the the question is how do i get raptured (laughs) Would be the parallel from our day for some evangelicals. How do I make sure I'm part of Mm. um, the elect? And he's asking, How do I make sure I'm part of the elect? Like I want to be part of the people who rule over the included.
1: Yeah. How do I how do I belong? Blessings. Yeah.
0: How do I belong? And I'm kind of disappointed that I think you're I I will argue with you later in other books (laughs) for. The life of the age to come as an alternative here instead of eternal life hmm. uh or ins- rather instead of a life that lasts a life that matters
1: but in yeah. this case like well let's you, let's, you let's argue on as yeah. when we get to the galatians and other places let's let's do it yeah, yeah. But,
0: but here it does yeah. have a nice elegance because the alternative <laughs> question is how do i have a life that matters it's a kind of a metaphysical aside
1: <laughs> yeah well i mean that's a lot closer to the what i what the version that I originally sent you with the life that lasts like that. I think that's, I think that would work just as well. And I I was explaining at another point, like I went with age long Mm -hmm. as an aid to readers, really like not because it was like life that lasts works that gets at what it's saying here. I think. Yeah. Um, how do I live in a way that endures yeah. that, that what my, that what I've done in my life keeps on having an impact. How
0: do I move the story forward? How do we move our yeah. story forward? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and I went with age long cause it's, it highlights the specific connection with an eon or an age in history mm-hmm. um, in a way that helps it be easier for a reader to connect this word with other places where that where related words show up in other places. Um, Cause I think tracing the theme is important. Um, yeah. Yeah. But a life that lasts a life that matters a life, a life that leaves a legacy would carry the, the meaning of this, at least in this spot, really well
0: so that moves us to um verse 21 if you want to be fully mature Mm -hmm. that matters uh and he says go sell your stuff like go jubilee if you want to be fully mature go jubilee now usually it's go be perfect
1: yeah if you uh, want to be perfect if you want to be
0: perfect thank you yeah if you want to be
1: perfect yeah Yeah, honestly i think this is a an issue of like english evolving Perfect mm-hmm. probably could have worked at one point pretty well here, um, but I think of perfect now, and I think of like flawless. There Pristine. are no, yeah there there are no issues. There is only goodness.
0: Nothing is left, yeah. And
1: that's not like the word here is a version of is teleos, like from the word telos, end, finish, final. Like mm-hmm. this is the end product the where you're leading to where you're heading the the finish line not no problems um that's it there are words that can convey that and they do show up in other places in scripture that's mm-hmm. not this word
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah
1: um this word has to do with being mature or completed or you know perfected in the sense of having come fully together not not ever doing anything bad. Um, It's not even like in the conversation here um, in this, in that word.
0: Yeah. Like it's, it's not, if you want to be good enough to get it through the pearly gates, because it's like, you have to take a meta level here historically on the way Christian ethics, theology and formation developed. There became such a fixation on the crisis of sin management mm-hmm. then yeah we need to be pure and that's why certain traditions have so emphasized the sinless nature of, of jesus mm-hmm. is
1: meaning God the, can only accept he never God. screwed up nature
0: yeah he never screwed up nature yeah yeah um he didn't break any of the rules which mm-hmm. is weird because he did <laughs> But oh, he, he broke so many rules, yeah, he broke so yeah. many rules, but he yeah. didn't sin, right. uh, he didn't deviate, he deviated not from God but from man. <sighs> well, that's a concise Christology, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, there's this attitude, you know, and part of the salesmanship of um, rule anxious legality, anxious Christianity that says. Mm-hmm. You got to be pristine. Otherwise, God has every right to torture the ever-loving shit out of you Mm -hmm. or vanquish you, whatever it is. Yeah, unless
1: you've checked the right boxes and then he'll pretend you're you're fine.
0: I I mean, I was just talking with my my mom this week, and she was talking about how disturbed she has gotten in her age uh, about this teaching that, like, you know, every sin is equal before God. Because all that matters is that if you cross that line, it's like that scene in Squid Game. <laughs> like, if you go <laughs> when the creepy-ass doll says oh, stop, says red, red light. light, red light, then the snipers in the wall are going to shoot you. Um, and the sniper mm-hmm. in the wall is Jesus Christ <laughs> in their theology.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. it's horrible. Where in scripture, the, the Jesus... How Jesus is the guy that grabs the main character by the shirt and holds him up with all his strength to keep him from getting yes, shot. Exactly. Right? That's Jesus. He, not he's, the he's
0: Ollie. Is that his name? Yeah. Um, yeah. The one pure hero in that story. Yeah. Yeah. So to just like step outside of that narrative and say, this isn't actually about a cruel purity. This is about, if you want to be fully human, Mm-hmm. Given the fact that you have an agency that can incline you to imperfection, that can incline you to deviation, maturity is a pretty good metaphor
1: mm-hmm.
0: or phrase for it. It's way l- less toxic. Mm-hmm. And then perfection.
1: And this is only one of two places in Matthew that uses this word. Um, there are there are some other places in, in the. Greek Testament that use it, but in Matthew, it's just these two. And the other one is in Matthew five in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, is
0: your father in heaven is perfect.
1: Yeah. It's in the specific spot where Jesus is teaching about loving your enemies. So responding yeah. to those who are actively seeking your harm and actively seeking their good instead. And that's what it's like to have reached the end of the path being fully mature in the way of the Lord.
0: You know, I feel like that sort of eschatological completion is a very apropos place to bring us to our final passage, which is verse 28 Mm -hmm. with footnote double
1: H. (laughs) There's a lot of footnotes in this chapter.
0: I (laughs) am amazed. Uh, yeah. Could you, could you read that for us, please, brother?
1: Yeah. Then Jesus told them, honestly, I'm telling you, when the son of humanity sits on his throne for all to see, you have followed me into the reset. will also sit on 12 thrones governing the 12 tribes of Israel.
0: Yeah. Reset's not a word I've ever seen in any Bible. Uh, what's up with, uh, what's the word here and why was was it uh, it worth a long footnote
1: yeah that was definitely one where like i've never seen it either Uh, and trying to explore some of my sources and wrestle with this and the context of the entire book as a whole and honestly that that jubilee theme came to mind here and really oh that's i didn't think of
0: that that's good
1: yeah jubilee Um, is a reset mm
0: -hmm. holy reset
1: yeah, and we've kind of touched on that already in this up, in this episode together. But the word typically is something like regeneration. Um, it's it's a compound word for again ana, uh, and yeah. genesia, like genesis, like a beginning, um, and it can mean something like birth or beget, uh, which is like a really old word for conceive, basically um, or mm-hmm. generate and it means beginning um so like the book of the bible the very first one genesis is called that because it's about the beginning um a plurality
0: of beginnings yes
1: yeah so regeneration in english would it seem to imply more to a particular person a single organism um Mm. and jesus is not talking to individuals really like it applies to individuals things like individuals are involved like you can't have something that happens corporately without individual participation that's you know that's Mm -hmm. how that works um but the message is focused on the corporate not on the individual he's talking about renewing the divine reign which isn't an individual thing his whole message goes back to the entire people's failure to live up to deuteronomy 28 to 30 talking about that with the rich man who wanted to live a life that lasts to live an age-long life and it laid out in those chapters what to expect if torah was or was not followed and matthew seems to center that following torah on leviticus there's a whole section of chapters 17 through 25 um, and I think what's in view here is that 25 and Jubilee, where it's this national reset of assets and resources, like we were talking about. So failure to follow Jubilee, failure to do the reset, failure to make sure that everyone has what they need and not only has what they need for right now, but has access ongoing to provide for their families, to provide for their needs, to make sure that everyone is ongoing, taken care of. Yes. That leads to the consequences of those who are not following Torah in Deuteronomy 2830, ultimately to the fate of the Valley of Hinnom as described in Jeremiah 7 and through 9 and other places in Jeremiah. Like this is where there's suffering. This is where there's death because people are harming each other instead of caring for each other, which, which you could go back to the Genesis and connect to the original call of humanity all the way in verse one to, to be the, the stewards, the people who were caretakers of all of creation. We are meant to carry on God's role mm-hmm. given to us to care for each other. That's what That's like our entire purpose. You look at Genesis 4, where Cain says, "Am I my brother's keeper?" Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, you are.
0: And you kill them.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what I was talking about here. Is like you who have followed me into the reset, you who have willingly given up what you've accumulated, yeah, or and made sure that everyone has what they need. You're the ones who I want leading everyone else. Who model self-sacrifice for the benefit of everybody.
0: Well, that was a satisfying conversation. I'm particularly haunted by the pivot from divorce to Unix. Uh, Mm -hmm. Thank you everybody who uh, has made it this far through the episode and this season to our conversations about all this. Uh, We are really, really grateful that you are nerding so hard and long-term with us the easiest way to keep on supporting found in translation is to leave us a rating or or review in your podcast player of choice it makes it easier for more people to find the show second best way to support the show is to become a sponsor for just five bucks a month when you do that you get comment access on the translations google doc and the satisfaction that you are supporting exceptionally nerdy independent media. You can find the link to join that community in the show notes. The music you're listening to is by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Founding translation was produced by Perry FM on Chinook land. Goodbye, Brandon. Bye, Brandon. Bye, everybody.